Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Frank Fumi. We've had Frank on the show before to talk with us about his best-selling book, Running With My Head Down, an entrepreneur's story of passion, perseverance, and purpose. In that book and in that podcast, Frank talked with us about the entrepreneurial mindset, what it takes to grow a business, and what business ownership does to you in both good and bad ways. We're fortunate to have him back on the show to talk with us about how he achieved such phenomenal growth with i9 Sports. It generated more than $300 million in sales. It has 2 million participants in 900 communities across 30 states nationwide. Early on, Frank recognized that he could adopt franchising as his method of expansion. We're going to talk with Frank about why I-9 Sports was such a good candidate for franchising. He's going to give us some real insights, things that he wished he had known about franchising. Although franchising was a really good model for him to follow, what he might have done to make it an even better model and to make his growth even faster. You're going to hear from him today about franchising and what it takes to make franchising work as a growth option for your business. Welcome to the show today, Frank. You founded I-9, but prior to that, you had another business which you sold. Tell us a little bit about your background, how it led to the founding of your first business, and then eventually I-9. As a career, I was in medical sales in New York City, calling on open heart surgeons. I was selling medical devices. And on the weekends, I was playing just recreational softball with my college buddies. That's what we did on the weekends for fun. I learned by just playing in these leagues that I learned that this is actually, it was a business that people were running these leagues. It was like private owners that would go out and rent fields and get the umpires and market the teams. And they were doing it really poorly despite being in business for 20, 30 years. And I thought, heck, I can do that if I apply some of my principles of in my career in medical sales. So I started running an adult men's softball league in Long Island, where I'm from. I chipped away. I didn't have the best quality field to rent from schools and churches and colleges and parks and recreation departments. But I kind of chipped away. I knew how to market to the teams because I was a team. You know, I had a team myself. But more importantly, I knew the importance of customer service. So I started this adult men's softball league, and I named it ABA. It's for Amateur Ball Players Association. It was not the most exciting name in the world. It said what it needed to say. It did it. It did it. And you know what? I had a lot of highs and lows with the with the league, of course, of the business, especially running it remotely because I moved to the Tampa Bay area after running it for one year. But we kept it going. And within six years, we were the largest adult men's league in the state of New York. We had almost a thousand teams. So the business really grew. And I took those fundamentals of how to run sports programs because I had been doing it and grew it out. And I then started running a kids flight football league in the Tampa Bay area. And I had a hundred kids the first season. It turned into 600 kids the next season. And then my wife and I kind of looked at each other and went, wow, I think we're on to something here. We've got leagues in New York. We have leagues in Florida. We have adult leagues. We have kids leagues. I think we really need to think on how to expand this thing. And as much as I kind of weighed the different ways of like opening locations around the country and hiring people, that kind of, well, A, scared me to death because I had never done it. <laughs> but more importantly, I didn't have the capital. So I evaluate the options and franchising was the most appealing to me. And lo and behold, we franchised the concept and that's how I-9 Sports became and it started as a franchise from the get-go in 2003. 
So 2003 started franchising it because the growth was just so fast. You know, it's so funny because sometimes people think that it's lack of business that kills a business, lack of customers, lack of interest. Those things are important and they do kill businesses. But I have seen more businesses go through these growth spurts and the founder doesn't know how to handle that quick growth and that puts the business under. But you recognize that. You recognize you didn't have the personal bandwidth to manage that and you also realized you didn't have the capital. So franchising was an option for you. What was it about franchising that was a viable expansion strategy? Because not all businesses that want to expand are good candidates for franchising. What was it about I-9 Sports that made it a viable franchising candidate? Well, I think the number one thing is, Kelly, that I learned is I knew it was something I could repeat. And for mm. those of you that are listening that are running a business and you're not sure, like, I think I've got something really good here. You need to find out what are other people doing around your, not just your area, maybe statewide, maybe regional, even nationwide. Is this a concept that you can see that you can expand out nationwide? I learned that number one, I was running leagues in two states, but more importantly, I was a student of the industry. I tried to soak up everything I could learn about my business, about the amateur sports industry. So I would go to like industry conferences and trade shows. And I was the guy, like when I would go to this, it was a sports complex owner's trade show. I didn't own a sports complex, but I got a chance to interact with these guys that own these private sports complexes around the country. And I learned what were the challenges they were facing? What were the opportunities? And what I learned was that no matter where you went in the country, these guys had the same exact problems they were providing the same product, the same service. And I thought, wait a minute here, nobody's really taking this and expanding this out, replicating. And I thought, I know I could replicate this. That's probably the number one thing for people to look at if you're going to consider franchising is, can I repeat this? The second thing is that I made a ton of mistakes. The one thing I will say that my wife and I have always done that I thought was done well is we're not afraid to make a mistake, but we learn mistakes quickly and we move on. We don't hold on to mistakes and we don't go, what have, could have, should have. Being able to replicate and being able to learn from your mistakes. Those are two big things to evaluate. And maybe I am a good candidate for franchising. Those two things pan out for you. You ask the questions, you evaluate, and yes, my business is franchise material. What comes next? Yeah, well, I gave you the, kind of the first two things, but you're right. There's, there is more to that. And that is, I went out and found a franchise consultant. There are plenty of franchise consultants out there. I found a company called the iFranchise Group based out of Chicago. Mark Seabird is the founder and CEO. Mark is one of those guys who's well-known in the franchise industry. He, he's a contributing writer for Entrepreneur Magazine and Inc. Magazine and somebody who's become a dear friend of mine for over 20 years. And Mark's company, what they do is they evaluate companies and say, hey, they have a, a list, basically, a checklist to see if you have what it takes to franchise. Then are going to franchise anybody that's not ready. There's some of the things that motivated me to franchise I, to kind of circle back to the first thing of wanting to do this, wanting to grow this thing out is I got an opportunity to use other people's capital and also to grow the business. And I have motivated owners. For me, I found it much more intriguing to have a franchise owner where they have skin in the game as opposed to having an employee. 
because I had limited capital, I knew that I was going to have a limit on how fast I could expand with franchising. You could expand as fast as your infrastructure can handle, not as fast as you want to. I made the mistake of <laughs> at first expanding as fast as I as humanly possible, and I quickly found myself in a heap of trouble when I didn't have the infrastructure to support it. Again, we learned from that mistake. But you get to leverage because the franchisees have their own staff. But you take all these things that I'm sharing with you and saying, go find a franchise consultant that will go through this and kind of make sure that you are somebody who can truly franchise your uh, your operation. Let's go back to infrastructure because you do have to have infrastructure in place. You have to be able to attract franchisees to your concept. And they're coming in, as you say, you're going to be able to use their capital to expand because they have to buy the franchise. And then most franchises, I understand how they work, you get a certain cut each month or each quarter, however it's set up, you get some of their proceeds from that time period. In exchange for that, they want infrastructure. They want something that's already proven. They want systems. So talk to us about that aspect of it. So here's the number one thing that I would tell you that nobody told me. (laughs) (laughs) that I wish I knew about franchising. Here it goes. The number one thing is whatever business you're in and you're looking to franchise, let's say you own a bakery and you're looking to franchise it, you are no longer in the bakery business. You are a franchise or you're in the franchising business. That means you're now in the business of uh, training franchisees, supporting franchisees, providing the marketing materials, the technology, the oversight management, counting, managing a national brand fund, all of those things have nothing to do with running your bakery anymore, or in my case, sports leagues. And I tell people all the time, I'm really not in the sports business. Sports is the vehicle that I use. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in the, the kid space, in the family space, and we're in, do sports programs. But I'm really at the heart of it all. I'm a franchisor. Somebody has been confident in me. They've given me their hard-earned dollars, their investment to invest in my business. And now it's my job to provide them with all the tools to be successful. Brian Sanders is my CEO and Brian puts it best. It's like giving somebody a bicycle. I can teach you how to ride that bike, but you need to pedal. I can stand behind you and kind of hold that seat for a while, but eventually I got to kind of let go and you've got to be the one pedaling. That's the number one thing I would tell people is to know that you are no longer in the business that you think you were. Because franchising in itself is it's its own animal, and you're training people, you're providing them support, you're dealing with them as a business owner. In many cases, they've never owned a business before. You're coaching them. I was never in the coaching business. I was the guy that ran a sports league. I knew how to run a flag football league for kids or run an adult men's softball league. I didn't know how to take somebody's $40,000 investment and deal with the grind that somebody goes through with the business owner when the, maybe the spouse doesn't believe in the business as much and he doesn't want to spend the money in marketing anymore and he's getting complaints and he's having a hard time in the business. That was a whole new animal for me. So just know that you're getting into franchising. You're leaving your industry in some, in some form. Let's talk about those franchisees. How do you find them? I've seen local business people that maybe just want to start another location or two in the same general geographic region, maybe across town or maybe just outside of town, and they end up closing them down because just trying to find a manager of those new locations to carry out the same kind of culture, customer service value that you built the original one on, they just were not able to do that. Here you are trying to find new owners who are able to carry out that across the whole country. 
So how do you go about finding those kind of people? First thing you want to do is take the mystery out of the locations. So think about how do the big companies know to open locations? Now, how does an Outback Steakhouse know how to open a location? They don't just say, this sounds like a good place. They use the demographics, the psychodemographics of their most successful locations and see, okay, what do the households look like in that area? And then they replicate the other areas around the country and say, what other areas look like my area that's already proven successful? There's plenty of demographic software out there. In fact, that we used to, we have a proprietary program to take the mystery out of it. Once you know the area that you want to open your location, again, you're trying to take any possible way that somebody's going to fail out of the equation, right? And giving somebody a territory that's not good is obviously going to get them to fail even quicker than ever before. You want to come up with all the ways I can make my franchisees win. So the best location possible that matches your current successful location, and then you go ahead and market in those areas. So, you know, today, of course, with social media is a great opportunity through Facebook ads and Google ads for franchising. There are franchise websites out there that allow you to post your franchise business opportunity, your franchise opportunity, and you can even filter it out. So only you'll only pay for people who who inquire from a certain area so that they, they'll only see those ads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are franchise brokers, not a big fan of franchise brokers. I've used them on and off for 20 years, and I found that they've provided leads, but you have to work the leads just as hard as any of the lead, and you're paying them a ton of commission. Franchise brokers is not necessarily the, the only way you're going to be able to acquire franchisees. Social media, there are trade shows, of course, in franchising. And really, you want to try to get focus in on the local marketing as much as possible to uh, find those local owners because you want somebody who's going to breathe, eat, drink, sleep your brand in their community. That's another reason why you franchise. You're putting somebody in there who knows the community. Exactly. You talked about finding the right location and doing everything possible to minimize failures. So you start working these leads. People are responding to your advertising and, and to your networking efforts and so forth. And you must have some, have established some kind of a profile of the people who are going to probably be most successful, you know, what it takes. Is that something else that somebody listening that's considering franchising needs to think about too, is developing a profile? Oh, gosh, yes. Well, look, let's go back to the mistakes that I made. When I started my business, okay, so for anybody that's listening, and if you will use my sports business as an example, what did I think was going to be somebody who would be a good franchise owner? Somebody, of course, is well-organized, detail-oriented, communicates well, of course, they're going to be in the community, and somebody who loves sports and kids. And if they had experience with sports, then that would be even better, right? Well, I quickly found that that was not the profile necessarily of an ideal franchise owner because the mistake I made was because somebody knew something about sports or they had experience or they had a love of sports, they were going to be good at it. When at the end of the day, like I kind of alluded to earlier, it was just the sports is just the vehicle I used. In other words, when somebody's a franchisee of your business, the main thing they need to do is to hire people. They need to market the business. They need to you know, manage it, handle the finances. None of those things have the word sports in them. <laughs> While you could say, hey, I'm looking for somebody who has you know, love of sports or love of uh, what any business you do, that is, you want them to be, of course, hungry and, and believe in your vision. But at the end of the day, business acumen to me absolutely trumps having a knowledge of, say, sports in my case, because it is a business at the end of the day. So that probably the most key thing is looking for somebody who can run a business, has that business acumen, not somebody who's never run anything before. 
As we wrap up here, what else can you share with us that is vital to someone who's listening who is considering franchising as a business expansion model? Slow and steady wins the race. Don't try to grow as fast as you're getting inquiries. If you're fortunate, like like I was early on in the early 2000s when I franchised, you've got to be quick to inquire, quick to respond to inquiries, but really quick to filter people out. Just know that you're now making a commitment. Like you're with this person. Can you visualize being in business with this franchisee for the next 10, 20, maybe 30 years of your life? Because that's really what you're talking about. Don't be afraid to say no. If you don't think that you gel with the potential franchisee, you as the franchisor can say no for any reason if you don't think it's a right fit. And the second thing I would tell people that are going to franchise is hire the best possible team to surround you. Preferably, if you don't have franchise experience, have somebody in your company, preferably another leader in your company, like a COO, a president, a uh, operations manager, somebody that has franchise experience. Nobody in my company had franchise experience when I started, and it was definitely an Achilles heel. I hired all of the wrong people, almost all, all of the wrong people, not because they weren't nice people, but they didn't have the right skill set for franchising, and I nearly went out of business because of it. Hire great people around you, franchise experience, and be careful who you accept as a franchisee because you guys, you're, you're together for the long haul. I know there's so many more things we could talk about. I think the key that you said there is to hire that franchise consultant, that professional franchise consultant, and that person or that company will take you through all of those things. Absolutely. I appreciate Frank being here for this episode of Talking Business Now, but also for two other episodes. We've done a three-part series with Frank, who has grown a very successful business and has a lot of firsthand experience to share. The first show with Frank was on November the 22nd, and that was on his new book, uh, Running With Your Head Down. And in that, he gets into the entrepreneurial mindset of a business owner. What makes a successful business owner, some of the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with business ownership, and how you can emerge as a successful business owner and still be a healthy person as well. So that was on November the 22nd. And then, of course, today we had the one on franchising because that is the strategy, the growth strategy that Frank used to expand his business and make it a business with $300 million in sales. And then on December the 6th, we will talk with Frank about exiting your business. Frank is now the minority shareholder of I-9 Sports, having successfully exited as the majority owner, and he retains a position on the board of directors. So all three in this series, if you'd like to go out and listen to any of them, you can go to TalkingBusinessNow.com. That's where you'll find them. You can also listen to many of the other hundreds of episodes that are available out there at that website, and you can also sign up for our newsletter. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon, and as always, we appreciate your support. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.